Gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast, Wisdom Wednesday edition. On a Thursday this week, where the big idea is this, if you get wisdom, you get everything else. Seek wisdom and knowledge and understanding and with every with everything that you have, and you will get everything else along with it. You'll get financial success with peace. You can have financial success without peace. That is the norm. You could have career success without destroying your family or your body or your mind. That's also the norm. But if you get wisdom, you get everything else. You get career success without destroying your family, without destroying your body, without destroying your mind. Everything is better if you get wisdom because if you get wisdom, you make better decisions about everything. My name is Keaton and I am your host and it is good to be with you guys uh, today. I know it is a Thursday. Normally I record these and post them on a Wednesday, but life has been a little bit odd for me. I didn't get any episodes recorded last week. Um, I was able to get one reposted, but I had recorded that like a long, long time ago, but it was a big week for me that threw off my whole schedule. On Tuesday of last week, we welcomed our little boy into the world, and on Friday, I finally graduated college. Like, that was my week. Welcome a second son, graduate college on Friday. (laughs) So, yeah, I was not expecting that. We went on Monday. Um... Uh, with the to the doctor, excuse me. We went to Monday for a regular checkup, and we were told the baby's coming. And we said, "No, he's not. He's not due for another two weeks." What do you mean he's coming? This was like a surprise for us. It was not part of the plan. And he was born on Tuesday at twelve forty. And his name is Benaya. He is my twin. He looks just like me. My daughter looks just like my wife, and my son looks just like me. Praise God, it's not switched because. It would work out well for him. I don't know if it would work out well for her if she looked like me. It's way better if they uh, look like mom. Way, way better if they look like mom. On Friday, I, I did. I turned in my last college assignment for my undergrad degree. I did write about this on my Substack, keatontucker.substack.com. There were a lot of lessons I learned in my attempt to finish my undergrad because I started really, really strong several years ago, 13 years ago to be exact. I started college in 2010 in a series of events, I dropped out of school and I didn't go back for a while. And I would, I tried here and there and I'd quit and I'd try here and there and I'd quit. But to about two years ago, I made up my mind, I'm finishing this degree. I'm going to finish no matter what it costs. And so I wrote about that on my Substack. I wrote about what I learned about me, what I, what I noticed about taking the easy path in life and the comfortable path in life and not doing the hardest thing possible. There's all of that on my Substack, so you can go read that. I highly, I, I think you should read it. I think it was pretty good. KeatonTucker.substack.com. The title of the essay was about it was the most expensive lesson in diligence. I believe is what I called it. <clears throat> so I wrote about that. So son born last Tuesday finished school on Friday. And then yesterday when I sat down to record, I got a call for work and you know, the day just some unexpected events throws off the day. So consider your wisdom Wednesday coming to you on a Thursday to be a wisdom Thursday. Today, I don't have a specific proverb for you like I normally do. Normally we look at a proverb from the book of Proverbs in the Bible or the book of Ecclesiastes, but I don't have that today. What I have is a series of stories that point to the same reality. And the reason I'm doing that, this is going to be a little bit longer. Normally, a Wisdom Wednesday is 15 minutes, 20 20 minutes at the top end. This one might be a little longer than that. I have had the same conversation or similar, a series of similar conversations that all kind of have the same uh, tone, same topic, 
same emotional feeling. I've had that three times in the last few days, twice with people I love and once with my wife, which was about me. I was talking to my wife about me. I was talking about myself in regards to the topic that we're going to cover today. In, in life, there are moments when we need to take action, we need to do something with our life. We need to make a big decision, but we cannot take action. That was the essence of the conversations. All of the conversations basically went like this. I need to t- take action, but I can't. I'm stuck. I keep trying stuff. Nothing is happening. Or my timeline isn't allowing me to make a decision I need to make. I'm just waiting. I hate just waiting. I need to do something. My family needs me to do something. My soul feels like it's going to burst if I don't make something happen. That was the essence of these conversations. I had several of them, and then I was having it myself. I was like, I I feel like I need to do something, but I don't know if I, I can. What are we supposed to do? So maybe if you're listening, maybe you're trying to get a new job and nothing is coming to fruition. Maybe you're considering a big move, but you can't decide, and you have to wait months and months and months. That was our thing last year. Like we feel like we need to make a decision on moving, but we can't. We can't. We're just we're stuck. Maybe you're waiting on an emotional reconciliation with your spouse or a friend, or maybe you're ready for an entirely new career change. Maybe you're waiting for family to be reunited. Maybe you're waiting for God to speak to you about something that's deep on your mind, on your heart. Maybe you're just needing direction and you're just waiting. You're just waiting and you're starting to feel antsy. Like Am I not doing the thing that men are supposed to do, which is to take action and to make something happen in your life? And I believe that. We believe that here. We teach that. We push you to take action. I push myself to take action. And at the same time, sometimes you're just stuck. I don't think we we can't confuse taking right action with controlling every aspect of our lives. Those two are not the same. We can't control every aspect of our lives. Sometimes it doesn't matter the action we take. We can't control the outcomes. We can't control the direction. We can't control the movement. We can't control what happens next after the actions we take. And sometimes we take a lot of action and nothing happens. Sometimes we're just stuck, waiting, wondering what is going on, doing the things we need to do without anything happening, and we're just stuck. Which is one of the most frustrating places to be. I can, I think I've been there at least 10 times in the last 10 years. Stuck, confused, mad, so mad, so angry. I remember driving, and I said 10 times in the last 10 years, some of them were very short-lived and some of them were long-lived. Like, why am I still here? I'm talking about the both of those, either the short-lived ones or the long, long ones. Both are the same. They both frustrating. But I remember there was a period between I had finished a big internship at a church, didn't have a plan did not have a plan at all. So I started driving for Lyft because I didn't know what to do. I remember driving my car, trying to figure out what to do and being so angry that I would like, I would pound my fist on the steering wheel and scream in anger because I was, I was so angry. I was so confused. I didn't, I felt like a bum. I felt like, I felt like such a bum. Ugh. It's a good thing I didn't have anybody in my life. You imagine if you're stuck and feel like a bum and you have people depending on you. Just multiply those feelings times 100. What do you do in those times? What do you do? You continue to take action. You surrender the outcomes. I'm going to say that one more time because that, that seems what do you do in those times? You continue to take action. 
you surrender the outcomes because you cannot control the outcomes. Life is a series of events that involve a lot of feeling stuck, a lot of feeling hopeless, a lot of feeling confused, and there is a deep need to endure until something happens. I know that from experience. I know that because my father and my mother taught me that. I know it from the scripture. I know that Jesus said, those who endure to the end are the ones who make it. There's a call to an endurance. You must endure. And this mistake that men make, they, they make all the time. I've done this. The mistake we make is we give up hope and we turn to some sort of sensual addiction or we settle for something less than what we were aspiring to, which then makes us more angry in the long term. It brings short-term relief, but then makes us angry long-term. And before you know it, you have some, you've become the shadow of the man that you wanted to be and your life starts to become a mess. This happens over and over and over again. All you need to do is find a man in their 40s and 50s and ask them how they got where they are. And they could all tell you it's something similar. A call to endure and they failed. And they turned to sensual pleasure or they settled instead of enduring, instead of taking right action. Your life is an unfolding story. You don't know how it ends, but you just got to keep moving forward. That's like, I know you've heard that on a motivational speech, but it's so true. You just keep moving forward and you're like, we moving forward does not just mean linear, like moving linear in a straight line of A plus B equals C, step, step, step. That's not how life is. And it's a little bit different than that. And so I've got three stories for you today. Uh, two from the scripture, one from Theodore Roosevelt, of course, three men who were stuck, three men who took different action while they were stuck that will help us figure out which one do I need to do right now? That's what I want you to be thinking about as I'm sharing these stories. Which one do I need to do right now? And then at the end of the podcast, I will have two questions for you to consider. Okay. We'll draw a principle out of each story. All right, so the first one is in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul is traveling around, preaching the gospel, setting up churches all around the first first century world. Paul was the greatest evangelist, greatest church planter in history. Unbelievable intellect, probably one of the smartest people in history. Easily one of the smartest people in history. Spoke multiple languages. I mean... Next to Jesus, probably the second most impactful person who has ever lived in Western civilization, un, un, unmatched. And he's traveling around and says, let me, let me read this in Acts 16. Acts 16, 6 through 10. Okay, Paul and his companions, they're traveling through the region of Phygeria and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So they wanted to do something good, but God, the Holy Spirit, kept them from doing something good. Pay attention to that. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Ah, it blocked again. wouldn't allow them to. So they passed by Mysia, and they went down to Troas. Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision... We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, so here's Paul wanting to preach, which is a good thing. He's wanting to do what he's called to do, and he keeps getting blocked from doing what he's called to do. You're like, what? why Why would God do that? Well, then you'll also notice he saw a vision, and he concluded 
that it was time to go. He concluded, he made a decision. Nowhere in the text does it say that God called him specifically here. All it says is he concluded, which means he made a decision based on the best available information that he had to him. Own your decisions. Like, own your decisions. Don't blame God when it goes right or goes wrong, excuse me. Own your decisions. Sometimes God blocks us from doing the things that we want to do or that we are called to do in order to guide us to something different or to someone different. I don't think that happens often, but I do think it does happen. I don't think, but I don't think it happens super often. And there are markers to help you discern if God is blocking you or not. And you want to pay attention to the markers. Don't just assume because something's not working out that God is blocking you. Maybe you just haven't put enough effort into it. That could be it. You want to pay attention to the markers. And Paul gives you a marker of no. how do you know God is blocking you? How do you know? In the book of 2 Corinthians, a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, Paul is talking about this story that we just read in Acts 16. He's telling them, he's explaining to them why he did not come see the church in Corinth. He's talking about this very trip. And this is what he says, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though there was a door open for me in the Lord, so there's an open door, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and I went on to Macedonia. My spirit was not at rest. My spirit was not at rest. Pay attention to that. Really pay attention to your spirit not being at rest. It's trying to get your attention. You'll notice that in the story, there was an opportunity. There was a good opportunity. Something could have been accomplished. There was an open door, but Paul's spirit was not at rest. So he left. He left. He considered himself blocked by God because his spirit was not at rest and he made a decision to move on. So here's the principle from that story. When you're feeling stuck, pay attention to your spirit, not the opportunity. That's key. Your spirit at rest can handle pretty much anything, any suffering, any struggle. But if your spirit's not at rest, you can't handle very much at all. At all. Like small things become big things when your spirit's not at rest. When your spirit's at rest, when you're walking confidently in what you believe you're here to do, your spirit's at rest and you can handle anything. When your spirit's not at rest, it is a it is a battle of a different kind. You feel like you don't have any grace upon you. You feel like you're running on empty. You feel like you're running as if you haven't slept in years. You're running on empty. Pay attention to your spirit. If your spirit's not at rest, maybe you just need to keep moving forward by trying something different. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Make a decision, make a decision. Own your decisions, own your decisions until your spirit is at rest. So next story, we're gonna talk about King David. David was anointed king at a very young age, like 12, but he didn't become king until he was 30. 18 year difference. And in between being anointed king and becoming king, he was pushed out of Israel, out of the the king's presence. The kings tried to kill him. He was homeless. He lived in caves and he had to go live with the enemies of Israel, which to imagine, just imagine it's World War II and an American decided, you know what, it's better if I go live with Germany and fight with Germany because the people in America are trying to kill me. Like that's where David's at. The king of Israel, who he used to work for, 
is trying to kill him for no good reason other than he's jealous. And so David, he's almost, he's like, what the heck? A lot of the Psalms come from this period of his life. What the heck? I thought I was going to be king and I'm living in a cave. I I thought I was going to be a warrior and I've got 400 sorry men around me. Like what? That's pretty much what the Bible calls him. He calls them sorry men. And so he goes and he lives with the Philistines and he's, he started living in the cave. It's dangerous. He goes and he lives with the Philistines and decides I'm going to fight with the Philistines. They'll take care of my food. They'll take care of my shelter. I just won't fight against Israel. So he goes to the Philistines. He won't fight against Israel, but he will fight Israel's enemies. But it's when he's in Israel. And I believe this is in first Samuel 23. If I remember the reference, the Philistines are not so sure about David being there. And they say, remember, he's not king. He is not king. He is a homeless fugitive in the eyes of Israel. And the enemies say, is this not King David who has killed his 10,000s? And it says, these words struck David to his heart. And from that moment on, he began to do what kings do. He began to start acting like a king from that moment on. It took David being stuck in the wrong place with the wrong people to remind himself that he was called to be a king. And even though he did not hold the position of king, he began to do what kings do. He fought battles, he defended Israel, and he led men. He learned the law. He practiced becoming a better warrior. He practiced becoming a better musician. He practiced leading men so that when he became king, he was able to do what kings are supposed to do. He didn't look at his 400 sorry men as sorry men anymore. He looked at them as warriors, people that he was called to train and develop and turn into mighty men. And by the end of 2 Samuel, they're mighty men. That's where one of my my son's name comes from, David's list of mighty men. Benaiah. So here's the principle. In your waiting, when it feels like you're not moving in the right direction, then you need to do things that will you need to do things that will prepare you for what is to come. You don't have your dream job or position yet? Okay. You're not sure who you want to be or what you want to do? Like, okay. Well, if you have an idea of who or what you want to become or who you what you want to do, then start practicing wherever you are. Don't wait until you have a position to prepare for the position. Practice now. Practice now. So David, he got really good when he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. He got really good at slinging rocks. That's how he protected his sheep, slinging rocks. Put a rock in a sling, swing it around, kill the, kill the bears and the lions and anything that wanted to eat his sheep. That practice that he didn't think would take him anywhere made him famous. That's how he killed Goliath. Made him famous. When you aren't in a position, maybe you need to improve your education. Maybe you need to get a skill that you don't have. Maybe you need to read some new books. Maybe you get, need to get a new mentor. Maybe you need to do something that will prepare you for what's next in your waiting. Sometimes the right action you take is preparing for what's next. You accept like, this is where I am. No amount of effort is moving me forward towards where I want to go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice the skills that I will need in the future. I'm going to at least develop and grow. And then last story from Theodore Roosevelt. On February 14th, 1884, Theodore Roosevelt lost his mother and his wife in the same day. They both died. The exact same day in the same house. It's the house that he grew up in. 
His mother died of some sort of disease that killed her in in the night. And shortly after, about four or five hours later, his wife died giving birth to his first daughter. He was 25 years old. 25. His widower and his mother had died. His father had died when he was about 21 years old, and his father was his hero. So within a matter of four years, he lost his whole family except for his brother and sister, and he was losing his brother to alcohol. And he wrote in his journal that day, the light has gone out of my life. Like, there's no point in living. There's nothing else. Like, there's no point. The light's gone. I've got I've got nothing in me. And he had a bright future, and but he decided that he was going to move to North Dakota and to become a ranchman, and he was going to be a hunter for two years. So he moved to the Badlands of North Dakota. Google it. It's beautiful. It's also it's pure desert, pure wilderness out there. And it's cold. He lived in the cold. He lived a brutal life of a ranchman, herding cows, riding horses for long hours a day. And if you've ever read a horse... For, he led this brutal life in the wilderness, beating his body, making his body and working out the anger and recovering the man that he was desiring to become all in the wilderness. He had to work it out physically and he had to do it in the toughest possible environment he could think of. And historians all agree that if Theodore Roosevelt had not had those two years in the wilderness recovering his manhood, he never would have had his face carved into Mount Rushmore. He never would have been president. He never would have ridden with the Rough Riders. He never would have become the hero that we all remember. He needed those two years to rediscover what he had lost, what had been stolen from him, and to become the man that he was destined to become. So each of these stories, they represent a lack of control that each man had about the outcomes of their life. They They could not control anything or make anything happen for a period of time, but they never stopped taking action. Paul kept moving until he was at rest. David did what kings do, even though he didn't have the position, and Theodore Roosevelt recovered what was lost and became the strong man we all know. During seasons of life, when you cannot control what's going to happen, what's, but you, can, like, you can't control the outcome during those times. When, you, when that's happening, you can still take right action that makes you into the man that you want to become and prepares you for whatever it is next. There's, you don't need to be hopeless. It's hard but you don't need to be hopeless. You don't need to give yourself over to too much frustration. It's okay to feel frustrated for a time. Yeah. But eventually you need to pick yourself up and decide I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take right action so that I am prepared for what is next because I'm not going down the negative trajectory that leads to chaos and destruction. I am not going to do that. You continue to take action, but you surrender the outcomes. You don't know where your life will lead. You don't know how the story is going to unfold. You don't know what's going to happen when you're 35 or 40 or 45 or 50. And I've been told that your best years are in your 40s and 50s, but I've also been told it's in your 60s. You don't know where your life will lead, but you can still take right action, even though you are wanting to shake your fists and you're feeling stuck. So I'm going to conclude with two questions. Two questions. Write down, consider, ask yourself. During seasons when you feel stuck and nothing you're doing is moving you in the direction you want to go. Ask yourself these two questions. What could I allow God to do in me during this time? Is there something in your life God wants to deal with so that you are ready for your next season? 
Now, don't overanalyze it too much. You'll know, like, if there's something you need to do, if God wants to do something in you, you'll, I think you'll know within an hour or two if you take that time to think about it. But don't overanalyze. Don't, don't insist that you have to say yes. Just be honest. Is there something? Because sometimes there could be, no, no, it isn't. It's okay. So here's the second question. What could I do right now to grow so that I'm prepared for what is next? Could I add some new skills to my resume? Could I improve my education? Could I get a new mentor? How can you grow so that you're prepared for what's next? These seasons don't last forever. The best will be in front of you. Take right action so that you're prepared. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to Wisdom Wednesday on this Thursday afternoon. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.